Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where <laughs> <laughs> I sit down with awesome people and talk awesome things. As you can hear, this pre-intro actually has a uh, it has a guest uh, this week, and that is one, Michael D'Angelo. Hello. Uh, and this uh, the reason I have him in uh, for a pre-intro is that the episode that you're going to be listening to is the first half of our live Kickstarter that we did for Quantum Quest. Yeah, the Kickstarter live Quantum Quest playthrough yeah. that we tried. Yeah, and um, it was it was an experience, the it Kickstarter was. live. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know what? And I think I can blame it on you because I don't usually have train wrecks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but no, I it was it was a good time. It was it was like the eleventh hour. Hey, we're learning how to do things the right way. Well, and I really like the. Um, I really like that you can go live on Kickstarter. Like, it's a neat little thing that you... And, and there's definitely a better set, setup that... Now that I know what it is... I thought literally we had to set up a phone. I didn't know you could go live from the desktop. Yeah. So, uh, but... All, so, so the Kickstarter's done. Yeah, Kickstarter and, wrapped up on and the 29th. Let's not hold the people in suspense. Success <sighs> or failure? I... Succeeded so hard. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we managed to get uh, almost two hundred and fifty percent. No, it was two hundred and fifty percent. Well, yeah, like it was over sixty yeah. something percent. Uh, we managed to get fifty three hundred and some, and we were trying to get two thousand. So. Which is, uh, I think, what's nice is that because I was talking to Jen about this, and um, we, I was saying, yeah, the last one, like he only got about like up to two. It was like, around five hundred. It was around it was, three. It got, it got up to three. But the goal was like fifteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot more because we were trying to print overseas. So, and I think this one, the reason it, it did so well is because most of those people re-upped right away. Yeah, we, we lucked out by getting the people who wanted the creative characters. We said yeah. if you want to lock these in, you have to do it in the first twenty four or first forty eight hours. And luckily, yeah. most of them did it the first twenty four. Well, and you because you didn't even post them as options. Correct. Yeah. So I assume everyone was. We we had like two that were missing that we just didn't put okay. back up. Uh-huh. Um, and we had chambers that we didn't put up either because mm-hmm. we figured um, if we needed to, we could put our own stuff in there. And I, and I think that, like, those higher tiers, I, I guess technically do work for, like, first-time publishers. But I think that's something that, like... And we've gone back and forth about, like, the Kickstarter level. Like, that's almost like... I don't want to call it a stretch reward or stretch reward? No. I would say it's, like, a premium reward. It's thing. Yeah, it's something that, like, if you catch on fire, like, within the first 48 hours, then, oh, you know what? We're going to open up these extra reward tiers mm-hmm. uh, in case you want to sweeten that pot of yours. And I almost feel like it's sometimes the other way. Like, if you want to catch fire, you add them first so that people go, all right, like, I need to be mm-hmm. one of the first people. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, like, a real tricky balance mm-hmm. that, I don't know. And if you look at, like, the way that our yeah, our <laughs> campaign went. Um, we had 97 backers. I don't think it, it 
was 97 throughout. Like, mm. people came in, they dropped out. So I think we're closer to 85. But everybody who backed, with the exception of my mom, um, they backed at the the, the laboratory level. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my mom backed at the laboratory level plus. Like, she pledged 100 bucks and then only picked the first reward. So she's yeah. getting the laboratory one. Oh, she back. didn't pick the right reward. No, no. Because um, my mom, she still doesn't quite understand Kickstarter. Um, that's what despite I, the fact that this is my fifth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... Because I made sure... I guess there was one after the laboratory level. Yeah, it was like... It's our brass ring level where it's like for 250 Oh, we'll yeah, We'll sign yeah, a card. We'll yeah, send yeah. out like a, a yeah. print of it. So, so we had four people, I think, do that. Um, oh, that's two, good. Yeah, two of them were people that we've interacted with a lot before um uh adam the guy from operation supply drop okay and eric barnum who's been one of my um my guys that i promo for Mm -hmm. um on telest a lot okay um and he actually way back when when we were talking about trying to kind of integrate other fantasy authors works and video Mm. games and stuff like that he was like our our test character so we already have his character done anyway oh nice nice uh, so, but, uh, so the main reason I wanted to have you part of the pre-intro here for this is that the Kickstarter's done. Yep. So uh, while the, the, the episode you're going to listen to, it actually is going to, uh, I, don't, I guess we're not really pimping the Kickstarter as much as just showcasing the game. Uh, but we were, we were talking in, in, uh, like, Hey, it's not done yet. Uh, if we brought up the Kickstarter. So just know the Kickstarter is done, but I do want to talk about like what, so what do you get? with these Kickstarter uh, games? So, the really, the only version that's getting printed through Kickstarter now is the laboratory level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, like, originally it was 54 adventures and 40 chambers. Uh, it got bumped up to 56 adventures and, like, the basic game, but everybody got the extra rewards, which mm. is, because of a stretch goal, an additional 16 plus 2 characters, mm. which are the old world legends. Um, so you get, I think, close to 120 cards 124 cards something like that um and it's just adventures and chambers and it's basically you're going around a uh, a dungeon that plays differently every time um trying to get as much real estate which kev is very good at um and (laughs) as you'll hear (laughs) and wiping out the other players um by killing their adventures off little by little that that was debatable <laughs> in the round that we played. Uh, <laughs> and we changed a lot of that based on that play, so I'm glad we did it. But because... well, yeah, I want to chat about that probably the next episode. Uh, but so what? So what's the ETA? Is like because most of the game's done, right? Yeah, we have everything done except for the creative content, the old world legends, and I have to change a little bit in the rule book based on the changes that we have to make. Mm. And um, our character sheet, like whatever, like when you're writing adventures and you're yeah. down, we want to change that a little bit, mm. um, which it'll take me a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So we're trying to nail everything down. Like the artist is already working on the creative content with the exception of two characters that we haven't got yet. Um, so we're trying to get everything to the game crafter by like April 15th, by tax day. Um in order to get everything printed fast enough for um, us to have the games to sell at Comic-Con. Oh, interesting. Because um, I think, so I was looking on the 30th, um, and they were saying that they were able to ship 100 games by the 6th of April. Oh, okay. So I guess because it's not like the Christmas season, there's plenty of time for them to work and yeah, turn yeah. things around. And I don't imagine it would take too long to get them. Um, mm. I would think probably like two weeks so i i think probably if we get it 
to the Game Crafter by the 15th of this month, we'd be able to get it in time to sell them at Comic-Con. Cool. So we're trying to get like 20 left over. So now that was a follow-up question. If you didn't pledge to the Kickstarter. So you can still get the base game um, through the Game Crafter. That's like our online marketplace, essentially. And mm. we'll, we'll eventually throw a link up on the Quantum Quest. Website. Now is the base game, does that include the upgraded tokens? No. So that'll be just shards. Um, mm -hmm. What we'll probably do is have a couple different SKUs. Um, so you'll have, like, the premium version that does have the tokens. Mm -hmm. um, and then we were actually... I was talking um, with some of the people who commented on the campaign. We actually could probably get away with making, like, just a components upgrade. Where, like, you have the base game and you're like, eh, I'm not really feeling the shards. Like, I wish I would have known. You don't have to buy a whole new game. Like, you can mm -hmm. just buy the tokens. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so the only way... Now, to get the extra cards, the 18 Old World Legends cards, is to be present at one of the conventions that we're at and selling the game. So, so when you, if someone buys the, whether it's the, the base or premium game, they're not getting all those extra cards from GameCraft. Correct. That's we, we only going to be at the convention. Yeah, it was Kickstarter exclusive, but we wanted to do a fair loophole because we saw what happened with, um, with the Boss Monster uh, game, mm -hmm. where... They felt really bad that they couldn't give those those mm -hmm. out. So we kind of did like an open loophole. You can get it, but you have to do it under these special circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So we thought that was kind of like a fair, you know, concession to the people who don't want to lose that option. But we don't want it to be available in retail. We don't want it to be available online. Like, it has to be special when mm -hmm. you get it from mm -hmm. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you already kind of answered all my pre-intro questions. Yeah, buddy. That I had listed here. So, with that being said, because I don't want to, you, you got about an hour of uh, us playing. Well, I guess it's not an hour of us playing. It's probably like I would say probably fifteen to twenty minutes of us setting up. I mean, it was a long game. session. It was a mostly total of I think I have two hours and about twelve minutes of audio. Yeah, you figured there was a lot of setup. There was a lot of explaining every single card. Yeah, um, yeah. but but a lot of it was because we got every positive card that you could yeah. end up with, and we tweaked all four of those cards. I think that I want to say like from when the moment you're going to listen to like we're just walking around. We like we we are we are not even sitting at the table yet. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a couple minutes of like just set up, and then finally like the cards are on the table, and we're going through the, the process of the game. So that's what you're going about to listen to now. Uh, Mike and I will be back on the other end to close this episode out, uh, and then uh, stay tuned for part two. Uh, in a couple days, because I'm, I'm starting to, I'm trying to play catch up. So these are going to be about four or five days apart from one another. So we'll see you on the other end. This is the pre-live show, hosted by. This is Talking Common Quest. I'm your host, Kev. This oh, is go. oh, I finally got one. I beat Chris Hardwick to something. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go in the behind the scenes. Oh, oh no! One time. Okay, and we're back, baby. Nothing happened. Nothing happened except the computer died. Uh, I, as I was saying, finally beat Chris Hardwick to something. He got. It's funny. I was uh, when they announced like his in between the Walking Dead show called just Talking with Chris Hardwick or whatever it's called. I said he really just needs everything. <laughs> like I was talking to him, I was like this is exactly what I'm gonna do. Breathing with Chris Hardwick. Yeah, Chris Hardwick, man. So. Um, we are, Mike is setting up for Quantum Quest live in just uh, a second here. So I'm going to take the reins for him, uh, until he gets set up. 
this is partially a possibly a podcast for everything is awesome. Awesomepodcast.com. Uh, part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network at coretemparts.com. So uh, if uh, you can't stick around for the whole thing, we'll at least have the audio available in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, trying to get it posted before the Kickstarter ends and whatnot. So you can hear, hear us play. But um, uh, once Mike is done setting up, I will turn it over to him since it is his game and he knows everything a lot more than I do. Lies! But I know nothing. If there's people watching, which I can't tell from the broadcaster screen, so I, I can't tell. So if there's anyone out there, feel free to chat. Mike's going to be in front of the computer the whole time. So if you have questions... <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! You're not. Are you? No. no well, we can it. shift it. We can shift the computer so you can, or I'll watch the screen. Whatever. Um, I don't know. But if you have questions, make sure you chat. We'll try to pay attention to what's going on. But we're going to be fully immersed into the game as well. Uh, oh, there, people are watching. I see it now. So, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, I'm Kevin Gallagher. I am the host of Everything Is Awesome. Uh, and I will be turning it over to the creator, or one half of the creators, of Conquest in just a moment. He is currently setting up the game. We are doing a uh, live playthrough. Uh, Dave, how many times have you played the game? Uh, twice. Yeah. Answer that again, Dave. Twice. Okay. Uh, Mike has obviously played it a lot. Seven times. <laughs> Seven times. <laughs> uh, I've played it a handful of times, and I've been, I was. Out of the three of us, aside from Mike, obviously, I am lucky enough to be one of the ones that played like the earliest rendition on index cards. Mm-hmm. When like when I told I, you, "Hey, I have an idea," and you're like, "That sounds stupid." That, I, like, <laughs> one of my favorite things that has happened with this game is that there there was a big question whether mana would be used or not. And I was a big proponent of it. I was like, "I think it should be used." Yeah, we thought it was. And gonna, it got I in. Thought it was going to be too complicated. Yeah, and it got in. So. My idea is even though... So take that, Chris Hardwick. Yeah, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> Not only can you... I, I take claim to talking Quantum Quest. <laughs> He's going to have it like next week. <laughs> How did that happen? And they were only a cease and desist for a Black Furnace Games. Uh, so what colors do you guys want to be? Uh, whatever. So uh, Quantum Quest is, a, is, uh, what, you start, is the living dungeon game, dungeon crawler game. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a... It's an ever-changing, like roguelike tabletop game. So you take uh, so, kind of like concepts from from video games and kind of apply it to. It's gone forever. Um, so basically, uh, the the whole concept was I wanted to take uh, like a dungeon game that every time you play it was a brand new experience. So the um, the adventures that you end up with in the start of every game they're almost always different. And then uh, the layout of the, the dungeon, it's almost impossible to replicate because um, we have in the basic game without like the created chambers and uh, like the bonuses that we are adding in the Kickstarter, there's 40 chamber cards. Uh, so it's 40 factorial. So, I mean, I think I was doing the math. You have to get struck by lightning five times before you get to that, that level. I don't recommend getting struck by lightning five times. My uh, my goal in life is while playing this game is finding it is, is getting us the second exact uh, playthrough. You're gonna record every game yeah, for posterity. So uh, can you tell me because I am a big old dummy when it comes to games. I'm not as um, 
flowing in them as, as you are. What does roguelike mean? So roguelike is usually a term that's uh, that's kind of reserved for video games, computer games, um, and it's like a progressive kind of dungeon situation where um, it's procedurally generated. Um, so the rooms kind of create themselves instead of being like a pre-designed situation. Like um, like if you're talking about like a roguelike, probably the fam- the most famous one of late are the Diablo series. Um, and then you've got, you know, the mystery dungeon games. Um, and then they've been doing, uh, some 2d ones that have been going pretty well, like, uh, rogue legacy, which is uh, a lot of fun and they all have like their own twists on it and everything. Um, and I guess for us, for this one, it's just, you know, massacre your friends, which goes over really well. Sorry. I'm trying to share this as well. Um, so while you're setting up. Take us through the pro. Like, why design a, a card game? Why? Um, well, you and I actually, it was it was because we had talked for a while, probably because of Boss Monster. Um, we got kind of hooked on the idea of making our own game, um, and I just had like a like a, an itch that I had to scratch. And this one actually, as much as you're not supposed to say, oh, like it was inspired by Monopoly. This was 100 percent inspired by Monopoly. I was uh, <laughs> I was actually uh, driving in the work van at the place that you and I worked, and um, and an advertisement for one of the like thousands of Monopoly games that like the stores run, like McDonald's and stuff like that, came on. And I was like, you know, Monopoly's cool and everything like that, but uh, like the only way that you could ever do like a theme of Monopoly is like. You know, they have like the dogopoly and catopoly and Philadelphiaopoly and stuff like that. And all it is is like a different themed version of the game that already exists. So I wanted to kind of come up with a concept that was a little bit more robust. And that's kind of where this started. And then that was three years ago. I mean, we've been in development for a long time. Now, was it, how long ago was it? Three? It was, it was at least three years. Well, that's what Quantum Quest was three years ago. Yeah. I would say the, the idea for like a some sort of um, telespace game. Oh yeah, yeah. We've been working on just various ideas. And board I think game, this I'll was, say. Yeah, because yeah. that was at least when you started working at the place that we worked at yeah. together. Um, now, when you were thinking of this idea while you were driving, were you also live streaming like a certain other? I was live part? streaming. No seatbelt on. Um, First of all, seatbelts are overrated. Secondly, <laughs> we shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> no one knows whether there was a car not involved or not. We don't even know who you're talking about. Okay, Dave? Uh, so, Certainly not talking about Kev, the guy recording right now. So uh, Quantum Quest goes from index cards to what was the next step after index cards? So I think we jumped right into using the Game Crafter, who ultimately is going to be the company that's um, that's going to be printing this and um, fulfilling it for us. Uh, so we use them for prototypes. Originally, the plan was going to be um, we were trying to see if we could get the huge amount uh, that we needed to print overseas. Um, but as you know, fledgling starters, and, and I'm very bad at social media and everything like that, and all of this clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, and that. I just assumed you knew what you were doing because I thought you like looked no. into Kickstarter Live. No. Well, I, I, I did look into it. I saw that there was a button that said Kickstarter Live, and I said I can do that. And, I was wrong. And I've never like I've never done a Kickstarter, so I'm familiar with live streaming. I used to live stream podcasts all the time, and um, 
I should have really offered my services and helping beyond just showing up. Uh, but we got it working. We got we, it. we each had a little bit of stuff going on. My wife is at home uh, losing her lunch, literally. Um, and she told me over and over again to uh, to keep this not, you know, not cancel it. And then uh, you had children to put to bed. Yes. And I'm antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> and, Dave, and Dave's the one who's hosting it for yeah, us. Not, and here's why. Like, I'm standing approximately, what, about a foot away from the, the table. And it, two or three feet. Okay, two or three feet away from the table. And the table goes for miles. Yeah, <laughs> this is a big table. It's a huge table. I told Dave earlier today, I was like, man, I just want to rent your dining room out as studio space because it's like the perfect, like, when like, we had our D session here, it was it's, real nice. Yeah, and like that's what I was telling Dave, like, you know, the and I told you about the, the next uh, edition of the Zomcast, but I was thinking, I was like, I might have to come here and do uh, some episodes. Yeah. That table, it's fancy. Right. I'm getting evicted from my own house, basically. Yeah. <laughs> just just this room of the house. Why do you need um why do you need a house safe? <laughs> I mean, can't this just be our studio? So Mike is uh, setting up the game now. He's got the, the pieces, the tokens. So is there what we're seeing on the screen right oh, now? Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> there's, uh, I was able to mute it on my phone. Yeah, I'm going to go to my phone. <laughs> um, is there anything different that like like from the final product that we should expect? So the only thing that's going to change, um, the so this piece right here, we're going to update so that it doesn't have um, the layout the same way. Um, you don't really need notes, so it's just going to be mana that's cut into two. Um, the adventures screen is going to be a little bit uh, different. And then the instruction booklet has to change a little bit because we have a reward level where you actually get into the handbook. So that's going to change. Um, right now, we're at 3,100. We have to get to 5,000 to actually get all of these nice tokens um, into the... Are, are these the tokens that will be in the final game? They will be in the laboratory level or higher once you get to $5,000. Uh, so what's gonna, what's what's the chips going to be? So those are those shards, the, the ones that are like a millimeter thin. Um, so any other time... I, th I think this is the first time that you've played with these. because. But no, this is all I remember, seeing yeah. these ones here. So I've played with these ones before. I don't remember well, the other ones. The other ones like plastic, like... They're, they're chips almost. They're no, no. They're they're real thin. They're like um. They're probably about the size of the playing cards. Uh, um. But the difference is because they're only this big, it's kind of hard to grab them off the table sometimes. So we were ending up just like kind of smashing our fingers into it and just using static electricity to pick it up. Um. So I'm really hoping that we get to this five thousand dollar level because everybody who pledges at the thirty dollar level. Um, and gets the old world legends, they automatically get bumped up to these tokens at that level. So um, uh, we'll see what we can do with that. So um, the thirty dollars. Go over the levels of your of your Kickstarter game. So all right. So so we've got three levels. We tried to keep it very concise. After um, our last Kickstarter did not get funded because we were aiming too high. Um, so the twenty five dollar level is <clears throat> the basic game which doesn't get you the Old World Legends, which is like Hercules, Loki, Robin Hood. Um, They're in the game currently if you have the, the next If you level do up. the next level up, which is, uh, it's called the Laboratory. It's mm -hmm. the $30 level. Both of them um, also require you to do shipping. So I think it's $8 US. Um, and then I think it's, you'd have to check the prices. I think it's almost double the cost 
for shipping to the UK, Ireland, Germany. Um, but people can message you. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually recommend because I have to go through the Game Crafters shipping kind of calculator to figure out what it is. Um, so far, it looks like Europe has pretty much the same price no matter what. Um, and then the next level up is almost like Brass Ring. Like it's 250 bucks. Um, you get to pick one of the adventurers and uh, we'll get custom art made by uh, one of the other artists that I work with a lot. And uh, we'll get you a signed version of the card and your name will be in the hand. Very few, you know, select few people who have done that. We do one other reward level as we get a little bit further on. Um, and that's going to be, it's going to be kind of like a special circumstance. I'm not sure if we're going to do it. And if we do end up doing it, I'm not sure how it's going to be done, but um, just follow along with the updates and we'll let you know at that point. All right. And uh, as we finish, uh, we can I'm monitoring the chat from my phone. So it might be even more delayed. If you guys are chatting with anybody, any questions about the game, um, what, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> but we're paying attention in a chat somewhere. So feel free to ask questions and we'll address it as we can. Um, I'm going to set up the uh, camera so it's facing the table, uh, which means we're probably going to have to move that microphone. Um, let's see. I prefer to move it out further the other way if possible because that's going to pick up noise. Uh, let's see here. So, okay, so let's put this over here. Oh, I see the cords in the way. Can you deal with that? <laughs> um, I don't know. And Mike, if you can see what I'm doing on the screen there, does that look like a good? So there's a little bit of a delay, so we'll try and figure that all out. Um, all right, so <clears throat> let me. If you look here, this is the actual. This is live. So is that a good view? Oh, yeah. Uh, this should be perfect. Okay. And we'll be able to use this to kind of yeah. you know, guide us. Um, all right. So first what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll give out the adventure cards. I don't think this is too bad, but... This really... is Quantum Quest After Dark. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you can kind of see it. It's, it, it was never really going to be perfect to see a card, you know, it's not like we're showing like a, uh, a, a product, like a toy or something like that. The cards were always going to be kind of hard to see, um, but we'll describe them as best we can as we're playing. Um, and then, of course, we have all the cards on um, the Kickstarter. Uh, we're doing like previews as the, uh, the weeks go on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start us off by giving each uh, player five adventurer cards. That's where it ends. Yeah. Yep. So you're not going to end up seeing my cards off the uh, screen or anything. The venture cards stay kind of near near us, right? Yeah, and I mean it's not like um, like poker where you're supposed to kind of keep them hidden. We're all supposed to know who the uh, the party is. Um, so when you're developing your team in Quantum Quest. You're trying to see if you can have the uh, basically the most robust group.
group of, uh, of adventures that you can get. You want to try and have all four classes represented if you can. So we have the uh, the tried and true like D&D classes. You have your clerics, your mages, your warriors, your thieves. Let me see if I can show you some of mine as well. Yeah, you really, it's hard to see much because of the, the lighting. I apologize for that. Yeah, you can't see this poor sap at all. Um, but like for instance, and this is Kev talking, I have, uh, I'm looking at the female logo, not the, I have a cleric, mage, warrior, thief, and mage. So this one you can see a little better because the uh, the background for this one is brighter uh, city. Um, so we have in the set, it's gonna be, there's 54 basic adventures and then we added two at the first stretch goal, which was $2,001. That was kind of like a joke stretch goal. Um, and then um, the Old World Legends gives you another 16. And because we just hit the $3,000 level, um, we're adding two more that we're letting people nominate throughout this week. Um, next, vote on the ones that were nominated and the highest rated warrior and highest rated cleric are going to join the mix. Um, so what you can do in Quantum Quest is if you don't like your starting set of adventures, you can mulligan. Um, like for instance, I have three thieves. I have a mage, two mages actually, uh, but I don't have a warrior or a cleric. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out one of my, probably two of my thieves. I have one that, um, Oh, you know what though? I, so some of these adventures, they have special abilities. Most of them um, in this first set that we did, um, they, they started off kind of basic where um, we wanted to have kind of like a, like a 25 to 75 ratio um, where people would have, you know, special abilities. So I have a, uh, a thief cleric, or I'm sorry, a thief mage hybrid, um, I have another thief who, if there are two other thieves in the party besides him, um, the chambers that you can purchase cost one less mana. That's a really good one to have. And I actually, in my set, have uh, one of the ones for that we're testing for our upcoming um, blue box, the expansion. Um, so when I draw him, I gain two mana, and then when I discard him, I lose three mana. So he's a nice little bump in the beginning of the game. Um, and then if you, uh, if you end up losing him, he kind of penalizes you for doing poorly. Um, so basically what you do is you write them down on your, your player sheet. Um, so your adventurers would go into this panel and then your starting man would go here. I'm going to explain things as we go. I am going to, um, move this kind of stuff around. I'm going to discard one of my thieves and my mage, and I'm going to pick up two new adventures. Do either of you guys have to mulligan? No. I don't believe in mulligans. <laughs> so I picked up a warrior and a cleric thief hybrid, so I'm happy with that. Are you good with your set? I'm good. All right. Um, I'm going to be blue, since the blue is closest to me. Dave, you're red, right? I already have my red. Okay. Kev, do you want to be green or yellow? Green, buddy. All right, so there's fly. There you go. All right. <clears throat> so the adventure portion of the game um, is kind of we're starting that out. And then can I um, jump in for a second? Sure. 
because I tried doing some chatting in the in the chat room and it's it's not showing up. Uh-oh. Uh so I don't know what the problem is there. Um so I'm gonna um if you're gonna pay attention to the chat room, I'm gonna back out of the of this and go to Twitter. So use um hashtag quantum quest uh if you have a question on Twitter and I will uh I will pay attention to that. Um and um that way you can you can still ask those questions on Twitter. Yeah, if the chat's not working for whatever reason. All right. So the adventure phase is kind of done at this point. We uh, we figured out who our teams are, uh, and then the next uh, kind of important thing to do is to find out how the dungeon's going to play out. So we've shuffled the chamber deck, um, and what you do is you go through the chamber deck. You find the entrance card, um, which is where the players start. So. Again, this is going to be kind of dark, so you're probably not going to be able to see it too much until I kind of tilt it back. So every time you pass the entrance, you gain two mana. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I'm going to, what do you think? Should we set it up like this, or should we have it kind of like that? I would say, um, like, just like you normally would do it. Okay. But would you have it that way, or facing the camera? I mean, it's probably not going to matter anyway. I don't think it matters. So typically what we do is we play the game with... I don't think you need to do that. (laughs) I appreciate it, though. (laughs) Um, So what you do is you play the chamber cards face down so that whenever you're playing, it's a a surprising experience. It's a living dungeon. Oh, my God. Um, All right, so I'm going to move this over so we can see it a little better. Did, do I see messaging happening on your phone? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It did not work for me. <laughs> um, so uh, the basic game for two players, it's 20 chamber cards. Every additional player over um, two, it's an additional four cards. So we're going to need to do a rectangle of 24 cards. 24 cards. This is great test for everything is awesome because I've always wanted to, uh, like, every now and then play a board game or a card game or something on the show, but I don't know how it works. Like, because we're not doing video, we're just doing audio, you know. And I really want to play Unstable Unicorn on. Uh, you got your your pack, or yeah, your... yeah. I got I and I bought like I spent I got all the money on that. Oh, okay. So I got all the expansions and stuff that I'll never play because it's like not safe for work, like. Stuff. Did you <laughs> see that they have the uh, the uh, new game? Yeah, and within an, uh, congrats on them. Within like an hour, they were fully funded. That does and not then, surprise me. And the next day, they were uh, like, I think their goal was ten, and they're at like over a hundred thousand dollars. So good for them. They're running right now. Yeah. So we're not going to make any more money after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we've got our chamber set up. Yeah, I can't. I can't pledge because my money is tied up at the quantum quest. Yeah, the better game. <laughs> He's contractually obligated to uh, to say that. That was a. Uh, I signed off when I sold my shares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, for those of you who are joining us a little late, Kev was uh, one of the original investors, and uh, he was preparing to get married. So I bought him out of his shares for what was it, one and a half times? Something like that. Um, How'd that investment go for you? Work for me. 
Yeah, I mean, we were we were hoping that we were going to be doing the overseas thing and uh, and and light it up like Boss Monster. Give me your green cube. That quite that you know that didn't work out. Maybe uh, maybe our expansion will catch fire. Um, so anyway, it's all about getting the game out there in people's hands. That's right. Yeah, we don't even care about you know making a lot of money. Or so uh, before you go on, because uh, I know you've already done some cons like to prepare for the first Kickstarter. Uh, I guess there's con season for games really are you know is is over until the fall. Not really. Summer, no, or, con, no, the the gaming conventions go all year depending on like well, you're but the local stuff. one, like like um, I imagine well, you're not driving out. Well, from. for for me, yeah, because I don't have the time to do it. Um, I, and that's part of the reason I'm sure that we're so low key is mm-hmm. I'm not as invested in the um the the gaming community as I should be. Um, and Matt is the same way because Matt is, you know, he's all the way in California doing his own thing. So we really can't collaborate as well as we should. Like I went to, um, to Gen Con on my own. No, not Gen Con. I was like, wait a second. Um, but I mean, it's, it's hosted in the same place. So no, Gen Con is, uh, is in Indianapolis, I believe. Yeah, I must be thinking about Gen Con, uh, Metatopia, and because um, there's three that take place in Morristown, New Jersey. Yeah, it's the same. Whoever runs Metatopia does like an, an, like two other ones that are um, game based, like a heavier LARP. Uh, well, Metatopia game. was definitely there was a lot of LARPing. That's playing and LARPing, and then there's ones that's a little bit more LARPing. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. That was that was a fun experience to uh, to go to Metatopia, and then obviously we did um, we did Pax Unplugged. We got our start with um, Philly Wizard World, um, mm-hmm. which we're going back to. Uh, so you, yeah, I was going to ask. So are you planning on because everything that you would probably end up going to is going to be after the Kickstarter? Are you going to go to the convention circuit again? At least the local Philly Greater Philadelphia area. Well, we'll see what happens with uh, with this Kickstarter, and we'll see what happens with um, with. Uh, Philly Comic Con because one of the things that my wife and I uh, agreed upon was that we were not going to be so frivolous with our money this year because um, developing this game cost around just for the cards probably around eight thousand um, dollars mm-hmm. for like the card art the the covers the um, you know stuff like that and then you're talking about like stuff like the banner the t-shirts that we did. Um, getting to the conventions to get the word out. Um, so a lot of money. What, what what we're saying is a lot of money went into this game already, and you're. I mean, you already met the goal that you needed to to get it printed for the masses. So for the um, low masses, for the low masses. <laughs> but there's still more stretch goals that could happen to make to enhance this game more, and the more money that is raised here on Kickstarter, a goes to help recoup some cash but more importantly go like you're already looking at the future with the blue box series yeah and, and i think more importantly um the more money that we make for this game obviously um the better this game gets because uh, yeah. you know at that five thousand dollar level as i was saying the um the tokens uh they get improved at the sixty five hundred dollar level we add a couple of um extra tokens that show you like you know if you land on a, a chamber that either um makes it so that you move backwards or you lose a turn or something like that, like status effect tokens. Um, at 8,000, we recently added a, uh, like one that kind of leans more on my, my other passion, the writing. Um, yeah. We're doing uh, Quantum Quest Quarterly, which is a quarterly e-zine 
where we do a, a short story for one of the Quantum Quest adventures. Um, we'll introduce some house rules that you can play with that people have played with and told us about. Um, you've never lived until you've played Strip Quantum Quest. <laughs> um, have you played that? No, not yet. <laughs> so I have never lived. Um, <laughs> I don't know it. You could have a not for safe work. Oh yeah, well, uh, add-on in the, in the, in your stretch goals. We had definitely planned on that for the uh, for for if we caught fire. Clearly, we did not. So, so um, what you're saying that's the fifteen thousand dollars stretch goal? Yes, is exactly. The, is the striptease version of the game? Well, I think so. Fifteen thousand was actually so. This is this is the first time it's announced for the uh, for the the campaign. Um, you know, since we're twelve thousand away from it. Um, if we got to 15,000, the plan was we were going to do, um, what were called torture chambers, which were like intense versions of these cards. Mm. Um, so like my favorite, uh, card is, um, rolling boulder. Mm. So you'd turn that into rolling fireball, which would do like extra damage, something like that. It would, it would tweak the original yeah. card, obviously new art. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so maybe we, we make the not safe for work, the 20,000. All right. Well, we are uh, about, to, I guess, ready to properly start playing this game an hour into it. Shush. <laughs> so let me ask you guys a question. So do your cards, do any of your cards have anything special to them? Just so that the uh, the crowd knows, so that I know, so that I know which uh, adventures to aim for. Yeah, uh, all but one does for me. Well, and I saw poor Dave has Rexa, who, yes. um, so Rexa is a pretty sturdy thief, I think. Um, so Rex's thing is she's pretty healthy, but when you manage to, uh, to whittle her down to zero health, she ends up making you lose one of your chambers that you own. Um, so it's kind of like with the like it's a, it's a nice kind of start. And then as he dies, mm -hmm. he starts to, yeah. So I have Perth Arc, uh, Artan, Artan. When Perth dies, all other adventures in the parties in the player's party regains one hit point. Show me a person who defies their race, and I'll raise you Perth Ayrton, the most selfless null of all. So, uh, Quantum Quest features, I think it's 14 races. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's 10. Um, so, it takes place in the, the world of Talist. Again, um, so I'm a writer, first and foremost. Um, and I've been working on a, uh, a fantasy series for 17 years. And um, this actually started off, obviously, as a spinoff to uh, Telus. Um, and all these races actually feature in Telus. And uh, it actually goes, I mean, if, if we manage to do, you know, like the planned six or seven expansions, we're going to continue to add, you know, other races that are featuring in that book series, um, like Harpies and bird folk and stuff like that. So it, it could be cool what we do. Um, so let's, we'll continue along with the game at this point. So we did the, the adventures. Now, uh, before we get started, we have to figure out the mana. Um, so in a two player game, each player starts with seven mana plus their mages, um, each attribute uh, one. So if, if it was a two player game, I have one mage, so I would have eight mana. You actually get an additional one for every additional player after two. So I have the one mage, I'll have nine mana to start. So how much? I completely spaced out. I have <laughs> so, two mages. So you would have ten mana. Ten mana total to start. Three player game. Yep. And I have one. 
So you would also have nine as well. Um, and then, so each of the, each of the adventures, um, they start with, uh, some kind of like bonus ability The the mages affect how much mana you start with. The warriors have the most health overall. So that's kind of their starting bonus clerics. Um, you put a token on them to start, uh, and that represents, um, a one-time heal or like a negate damage. So Dave's already got his token on. Um, do you have any clerics, Kev? Yeah, I got my, my, my Perthy. There you go. So, <clears throat> and then the the last um, kind of part of this is the thieves, and they actually determine who starts the game. So I have four thieves. Holy! Yeah, holy. so I'm pretty sure I'm going to start the game for us. I have one thief. I have two. So, all right, so it'll actually just go clockwise. Um so, Dave, would you pass me the dice, please? Sure thing. Here you go. Thank you, sir. All right. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to make our way around the dungeon, starting with me. So, one, two, three, four, five. If you were to roll double, you'd get a mana. Um, so, right now, the first card that we landed on is Whirlwind. Let's see if... I don't think it's like that. So, Whirlwind is a card where two adventures each take a damage, and the player immediately rolls again. But the whole point of Quantum Quest is when you land on these chambers, you want to try and see if you can purchase them. So this card has a blue circle with a number inside it that represents the mana cost of the room. And then below that, it has a class circle um, with a symbol inside. So this one is a mage. I made sure that I had every class available so I can definitely buy it. And I'm going to drop myself down from nine mana to five in order to buy it. And then I put one of my tokens on it. To and you signify. don't take damage because you bought it. Correct. correct. Yeah. If, if I wasn't able to buy it or if I chose not to buy it, I would take the damage and I would do whatever effect was on the card. So I would have to take the two damage and I would have to roll again. So then it'll move to Dave. And if he's unfortunate enough to land on that card, which he was not. So he rolled. <laughs> that's, that's doubles. That's doubles. <laughs> so. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One up here. Yep. Right. So, and I gain one mana. Yeah, he, he rolled doubles, so he gets a mana. So he landed on Death Knight's Tomb, which is a card that uh, they have to. He has to choose one of the clerics in his party who takes two damage. Um, if he doesn't have a cleric, then just one of his adventures takes one damage, and he needs a cleric to purchase that chamber. And we saw earlier he did have a cleric. Have a cleric. So. so it has a blue circle with a three in it, so it's going to cost me three mana. And I will buy it. So now I'm down to seven mana. And I own that. So as you make your way through the game, um, the you'll see that the chambers get purchased pretty quickly. Um, and that's when the damage gets doled out. So if no one owns the room, the player who lands on it gets to determine how it's going to damage their party. But if somebody else owns the room, they point out who among the other person's team takes that damage as well, you know, as long as it adheres to the rules on the card. So like if it says two damage to a cleric, you can't deal that two damage to a mage. So I'll move it over to Kev. Oh, me, oh you don't roll again? Nope, not. Oh. <laughs> just just mana. Just extra mana? Yeah, there are some. Um, oh, you got the doubles too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be annoying like that. <laughs> so I got... Magic portal. When a player lands on this chamber, they may draw one adventurer card. And unfortunately, you don't get to do that because five is the max adventures that you have in your. But I do get that extra mana, baby. Yes, you do. All right. So, 
So that actually kind of stunk for Kev, despite it being a nice card, um, because he didn't have the opportunity to land on a chamber and purchase it. So right. One, two, three, that four, mana. five, six, seven. You want to put me in that corner? I'll roll snake eyes all day yes, long. And Mike has landed on an anti-magic chamber. So this one, this prevents you from doing any of the uh, the special abilities in uh, in your your adventures um, and their rules. Uh, and it doesn't give you doubles if you, or I'm sorry, it doesn't give you a mana if you roll doubles. You can't use, there's uh, what's called ultimate spells that we will talk about once we start accumulating a lot of mana. Um, so, but the most important part is it requires a cleric and it costs two mana, and I'm going to get it just to have a little bit more real estate on the board. So, I will be down to three mana now. And Dave, it will be your roll. And you have a token? Put on there. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, ruined it for everybody. Ten. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, Dave, you landed on Corruption. So, this is a nasty card. This is probably the nastiest card that you have in the deck. Um, you end up losing one of your chambers, and since Dave only has the one chamber, he ends up losing it. It's a little nicer when you have a nice selection, and uh, you can pick, like, the weakest card that you have. Um, so... I mean, right off the bat, for that to be your second second chamber oh, yeah. landed on, <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, that's real rough. I'm not a lucky person. Oh, you yes. know what? I got the uh, the two extra mana for having Denal. Now it's my turn. Yeah. Nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I got the Libra Scales. You have to have a thief to purchase it. Uh, it's a trap chamber. One adventure takes one damage. One adventure gains one HP. If owned, the owner of this chamber may choose one of their adventures to gain HP. That's real nice because you can keep your party pretty healthy if people keep landing on it. Yeah, and that is, uh, as you can see, three, well, if you're watching the Instagram live, three mana, I am purchasing that bad boy. Uh, yeah, that brings me down to eight mana. And you're still sitting pretty pretty high because you didn't get that first chamber like Dave and I did. Yeah. So, all right, so we moved to six, and unfortunately, I landed on corruption as well. So I'm going to lose my anti-magic chamber because that only deals one damage, and uh, Whirlwind can, uh, can net me a lot more damage Ooh. later on. Keep it flipped up, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because we know what it is now. It doesn't make any sense to... Uh, I like your rules, Kev. You're, uh, you're a smart man. I'm, I'm streaming this on Instagram right now. Eight. All right, so Dave is moving. Two, three, four, five, six. So he passes the entrance, so he gains two mana. And he lands on that magic portal. And unfortunately, because Dave hasn't uh, taken any fatal damage for any of his adventures, he doesn't get to get an adventure yet either. Doubles. Six. So One, two, three, four, five, six. Woo! And I uh, got... Kevin's a good salesperson. <laughs> Guardian of the Void. I can't read that on the camera. Guardian of the Void is a monster chamber. One adventure takes one damage. Next turn, the player rolls one die and moves that many spaces backwards. You need a uh, cleric to purchase it, and it costs two. So I'm going to purchase that because I do have myself a cleric. Uh, and I'm down to six mana. So this started, Dave, 
and Kev had no chambers, and now I got two. <laughs> you just don't know. We don't know. You He's don't been getting know. double mana like crazy. Oh, I didn't even add my mana for that, guys. Thanks for the reminder, guys. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Hey, I got my uh, my anti magic back. So how much does that cost? It costs two. Now I forgot two. I have the thief that if there are two other thieves Wait. in my party. How'd you get there? Well, I was on. Oh, you're over here. Buddy. I am over there. <laughs> <laughs> that was hopeful thinking. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. So I passed the entrance. So this is actually one of our blue ble- blue deck. I'm sorry, blue box cards. Um, so oh, this you is, mixed it up? Yeah, I mixed it up. I wanted to make it entertaining for us. So this is a chamber card from the expansion that we're uh, play testing now. Question. Is there a way to tell that it's from the expansion? We're going to uh, try and figure out a way to do it. Like, um, like Magic has the uh, the symbols that uh, that show up in the side. Um, Boss Monster does this thing where they have um, like a code at the bottom, like a letter code. Um, I think you should change that skull to something else. Yeah, I know you had said that, and um, and one of the things that we were worried about was that it was going to get cut off. Um, but the more and more we see it, the, the better it looks where we aren't so worried that that's going to happen because the black border leaves you with a lot of room. Yeah. Um, the only problem is that black border also is there for a reason. So we have to, we have to definitely test it out, um, and see, you know, what we can do with it. The one thing that you'll also notice is, so the, the chambers have that skull there, but the adventures have a different design. So we'd have to kind of... We have to tweak things. We'd have to see exactly where we're going with it. So, because we're focusing so much on the original set, I don't even remember what Frostwave does. So, Frostwave again. This is from our new set that we're uh, we're going to be play testing at Comic Con this year. And I, I'm, you're, the rule of thumb is you're supposed to do a hundred games, a hundred hours of play. So this is a long way to go before this is properly balanced, but. Uh, Frost Wave is choose one. One adventurer takes one damage and the player loses their next turn, or two adventurers take one damage and the player rolls one die next turn. Now, all of that's moot because I have the mana and the class required to buy it. Um, so I have the thief that has the special ability that makes it cost one less. So I got two mana from passing go, so it's only going to cost me one mana, really. So I'm going to drop down the Is mine. And as a reminder, if uh, you have questions, because it looks like our chat is moot, not working. No, our, our chat is oh, working. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I got something. My uh, my aunt is in the, uh, okay. the chat room. Well, if you have questions, then uh, go ahead and ask wherever. I'm going to be monitoring Twitter and on and the other various places. Three. All right. One, two, three. So you landed on my whirlwind. So I get to choose two of your adventures to take one damage. Okay. So who's your weakest? My weakest is Akella Cressol. Only has four health. Oh, and that's a nice one too because uh, when she dies, she ends up leaving a what is it a bomb where she yes, uh, where she, she is a sapper. I fully expect when the adventurers die, we make a we have a dying scene. We, we're gonna actually like bring it in front of the camera. And be like, oh, rip it! Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that is not how you make money. Um, so I'll, I'll do a damage to Aquila. If that was in the rules and you had to rip your card, they'd have to keep buying the game, right? baby. 
Uh, all right, so we'll deal a damage to Aquila and we'll do a damage to Rexa to, you know, up, but you're going to use But I'm going to use my damage reduction token, and so that is not going to happen. We're not. So you, so when you use a damage reduction and you get to choose, like, if you choose two heroes, damage reduction only reduces it for one hero? Correct. So he, you chose it for Rexa, right? Yep. All right. So then you also have to roll again because you landed on Whirlwind. Now, do I have to roll two dice? Yes, I do. Two dice, and then you also, wherever you land, you get the effects of that room. He doesn't get a chance to buy it. He does get a chance to buy it. If it's not bought, or uh, if nine. it is purchased, obviously he wouldn't be able to. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And that is <laughs> mana burn. <laughs> With the player lands in this chamber, they lose two mana. All right, I'm down to seven mana. And still five. a lot of mana, though. Like uh, I said, I am not lucky. All right, right. Oh, doubles pew, again. Pew, pew, pew. Three, four, five, six, seven. So you get the one for doubles, the two for the entrance, eight, nine, ten, eleven. But oh. you landed on whirlwind as well. So uh, two adventures each take one damage. So what do you want to know? So we're gonna deal a damage to Nersha um, and a damage to Perth. <laughs> so Nersha is actually one of the ones where at the two thousand and one dollar level, the like little fun bonus stretch goal that we did. She was one of the two adventures that we added, and she is a big character in the Quantum Quest novelization that we're working on. Oh, yeah, because was she in the? has she always been in the stack, or...? No, so she was not one of the original 54. Um, we added her in kind of late in the game because we were working on the book, um, the book tie-in to the game that's the spinoff of the book series. Um so she is the keeper of the void. She is basically time itself. Uh, so she has a, a time. she has a time based ability uh, where she actually. So Kev, if you roll double, oh, when the player who rolls, rolls doubles, they may choose to deal one damage to her in order to roll again. Ah, oh, okay, well. So I mean, it, it actually is kind of nice. You could have been trying to get more chambers. Yeah, but but you're spending. You know, you're dealing so damage question, to yourself. So here's the question: If you do that. Like, let's say I landed on this, mm -hmm. and I choose to roll again. Do I still take the effects? Yes. Okay, so. So it's just like getting another turn. Yeah, yeah. It would be it would be one thing. I'd be more up uh, to spending that, like, if I land on a curse that I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to get the mana burn, or I don't want to destroy one of my rooms. Yeah. All right, so you took the two damage, right? Yeah, I took the two damage, one to each person. All right, and then you get to roll again because you landed on one. Oh, that's right. All right, so you so didn't 11, get 12 that time. So one, you're two, actually... Oops. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Lightning Spire Trap yeah. Chamber. That one's one of my favorites. That is, you need a mage to buy it. Choose uh, to either deal two damage to one adventurer or lose two mana. If this chamber is owned, the owner decides. That is uh, four mana. I am certainly going to buy that. Uh, and that drops me down to six mana, baby. All right. So I go five. So I'm in that. One, two, three, four, five. So I landed on Sacrificial Altar, which kind of stinks because all my guys are healthy. Uh, so Sacrificial Altar is a card where you have to sacrifice one of your adventures and get a new one. It's basically a, a nice little refresh. Um, so what I'll do... Oh, so that's not even a bad card. No, not necessarily. Um, you know, but in a if, case like mine... Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll I'll nix my, my Kaja, who... When I, when he dies, I lose three mana. So I'm down to one mana now. And that scene, Mike acted out. Oh my god, why'd you do this to me? <laughs> All right, so that's not how I picture a conscious th sounding. That is not. 
Oscar worthy at all. I apologize. I actually got another Kaja, but this one is a cleric. Um, <laughs> so as the uh, as the game goes on, the the adventurers do not get their starting bonus when you get them in like a magic portal or from the sacrificial altar or anything like that. So this cleric will not get the negate damage token. Three. So you are going to land on Kev's Guardian of the Void. One adventure takes one damage. The next turn, the player rolls one die and moves that many spaces backwards. All right. So uh, we're going to go with Rexy Poo. <laughs> so that's the first time that Rex has been damaged. And Rex has, what, six health to start. So then she's down to five. She takes five more damage. Then Dave is going to lose... No chamber. <laughs> so wait, what happens when Rexa dies? I forget. So when Rexa dies, he has to choose, is it the closest room? Uh, sacrifice control of the nearest dungeon chamber behind them that they own. Okay. So, suppo- so Rexa is a rhino tour, um, and it's supposed to kind of be... <laughs> Rexa is supposed to be kind of like a joke with like the whole like bull in a china shop kind of thing. So again, you've landed on the magic portal, which does nothing for you, but at least you passed go. So you got three mana total. Yeah, baby. All right, so I got nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I've landed on that chamber next to... Which is the Chronomancer. How much? Uh, it costs one. Okay, then it's free for me. One adventure takes one damage. Next turn, the player, uh, the player moves backward. All right, so... Why is it free for you? Because I have the card that if there are two other thieves in the party besides Kravat, rooms cost one less mana. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's such a rare feat to have not only Kravat, but two other thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kravat only has three health, so. Well, Kravat. So oh, hold on one second. So, Dave, you oh, yeah, on. Right. Yep. So, you can only roll one backwards. And I go backwards. So, that's a fun house rule to play. You can play with like Uno rules, three. where if someone catches you doing a move that and you're not mana supposed burn. to do. <laughs> They lose two mana. <laughs> Dave and I are polar opposites with our mana. Uh-huh. Oh, and yeah, doubles. Doubles. I should go to... You know, to craps. <laughs> Atlantic City. Eight. Where am I? I don't even know where. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, so we got a new guy. Mana Storm. One adventure takes one damage. The player also loses one uh, mana. You need to have a cleric for this. And it costs three. I'm certainly going to buy that. Uh, which brings me down to six mana. So, five, I am, I made it out of Corruption's Reach, and I landed on... Lich's Lair. Cost three, claimable by clerics and mages. Now, the nice thing is, I have clerics and mages. The bad thing is, I don't have enough mana to purchase it. Also, if the player has both a cleric and a mage, they both take one damage. Otherwise, one of the players eventually takes one damage. So I'm going to use one of my negate, well, my only negate token. So we'll save the ma- my only mage from taking damage, and we'll give a damage to Gareth. All right, so I'm down to four. All right, so how much HP does your mage have? So my mage has four, and my mage is actually a mage and a thief. Okay. Okay. I actually have two multi-class characters now. Four. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing is, Dave doesn't have a chamber to lose. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just gotta look at the positives, Dave. Nine. Uh, Rat's Den, Monster Chamber. This chamber can be claimed by any class. 
I, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, so. the Rats Den is uh, it's supposed to be kind of like a joke on like the the dungeoneering trope where the rat is the first enemy that you fight in the game. All right, so. So we have almost all the rooms exposed. We have three, four, five, six, seven, eight left. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I landed on my own, which is a nice little safety net, and I got two mana for passing the entrance. Let's see how I can hurt myself this time. Five. Five. One, two, three, four, nope. five. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. All right. So you lose. Healing fountain. So I think you're back up to full health now, right? Uh, up to three adventurers uh, in the party may replenish one HP. All right. So, yeah. So I have two that can take a health. So I I'm think, back to four. four so health. we're still, uh, this is kind of late in the game to be balancing, but I think that is going to change before the final release to be one adventure takes one or gets one. So you get your two mana. Technically, you don't get it until next turn, but. Well. You're certainly going forward next turn. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, so eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, show me this one. Yep. Spectral Hand makes a cameo in the Kickstarter video. <laughs> it's a spell chamber, costs two. One adventure takes one damage. It's a warrior class. This player's party is moved back three spaces without triggering the effects of the room they land in. So, it costs two? Yeah. All right. So, it only costs one for me. So, I'm down to two. And it's almost like I have anti magic chamber again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pew, 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 pew! All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Dave ended up getting three mana from that, and he landed on Blood Demon, which targets the healthiest adventure and deals two damage. Yep, and it's a warrior and it costs three. With <laughs> that three mana you just got, yes. So I will buy that. And that's an eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh-oh, monster chamber. Uh, I can't read it from here. It is a cleric, so you definitely yeah. have that. The player chooses one of the clerics in uh, the party who takes two damage. Costs three. I'm going to purchase that. Kev uh, has the most chambers at this point. All right, so I move three. So I landed on Kev's spire. Do you want to deal two damage, or do you want to sap away my two mana? Uh, we're gonna do two damage. We're gonna uh, do is it one to one adventure. We're gonna do it to. Uh, so I have a the thief that does the less mana. Yeah, let's do, let's do it to him. All right, so I'm down to one health with that guy. We still have uneaten brownies on the table. They are peanut butter bars. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so in. I'm so in. Uh, so we got eight. eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you landed on my Chronomancer. I deal one damage to... Oh, thanks. You don't want the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is at the $1,000 pledge level. <laughs> um, so I will deal a damage to Rexa, and the next turn Dave has to move backwards, rolling both dice. Ooh, so close. Landed on Ratsden. I'm safe. All right. So, very professional me eating while I'm doing the uh, Kickstarter video. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So, another new card. I gained two mana and one mana. So, this is a nice one to have. So, this one costs five mana. Um, I just gained three, which brings me up to five, but I have that thief that makes it cost one less. So, I am down to one mana at this point. 
this makes it so that whenever, excuse me, I want to get the verbiage right. So one adventure takes one damage and the player loses one mana. And if I own it, then I actually gain that mana. So every time someone lands on there, I'm just further sprinting towards victory. And because I hit the Chronomancer, I'm going to move backwards this turn. Two dice, huh? Mm -hmm. Far away from corruption. That's going to happen every time, guys. Oh, I know. So that's another one from the blue deck. That is the Living Chamber, which I think is a very fun card. Kev, I will let you read that one off. <clears throat> Monster Chamber, Cleric, cost two, Dave. Deal one damage to the adventurer who has the most health. Switch this chamber's location with the chamber in front of it. Now, when do you do that? Anytime you land on it? Mm -hmm. Ooh. So I am definitely going to buy that. So now, now it doesn't switch location because he bought it. Because he bought it, yeah. So when we land on it, it'll switch locations and we'll take damage. But Dave still owns it. And yeah. then, like, let's say, like, this card, I was still having. Mm -hmm. It's just it'll switch positions. Yep. Okay. Cool. Interesting. I like that card a lot. I'll be losing it to corruption shortly. <laughs> oh! Pew, 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 pew! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So you landed on Dave's Blood Demon. Dave, you didn't even remember having that one, did you? No. <laughs> I honestly didn't. The adventurer with the highest health takes two damage. So uh, that is Luna Aaron? Aaron? Luna Aaron. Yep, Luna Aaron. Goes from seven to five. And you gave yourself three mana, right? You passed. Two for pass and go, and then you rolled double. We're fair here. All right, so three. I am here. So I am going to take two damage to my healthiest, who is Quirrell Rockfist with seven, and it brings her down to five. Do all warriors have seven? No, uh, so there's a range for each class. So, like, the warriors, I think, is five to eight. Um, mages are one to four. Thieves are two to five. And clerics are three to six, I think. One adventurer takes one damage. Who, do, do I choose or does he choose? You choose it. Whoever owns, they okay. always choose who it, um, who it gets. Ah, uh, Rexy Poo. <laughs> <laughs> and then next turn, one die backwards. Of course. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Anti-magic chamber costs two. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, cleric. my anti-magic chamber from long, long ago. Five. <laughs> uh, and as a reminder, one adventurer takes one damage. Next turn, rolling double does not give the player mana. Player, players cannot use ultimate spells, and adventurers so cannot use special own it. <laughs> it would have made more sense if one of us owned it because he's the one always rolling double. All right, so three again. So I landed on your... Mana Storm, which is one adventure takes one damage, and do I lose a mana? Uh, the player also loses one mana. All right. So, do you want to kill him? Yeah, we're going to kill that guy. So. Oh my god, no! <laughs> so. Alright, so uh, we ended... Uh, now, granted, I haven't even really edited this episode yet uh, in real talk. It's real talk here. I haven't edited the full episode yet, but I know I made a cut right around where uh, I killed one of your guys at. Uh, which happens around the 59-minute mark of the our play session. That wasn't the first death, right? No, no. Only one guy dies. It might have been your first character death. Yeah, because Dave was getting yeah. hammered on, right? Yeah, and well, we can chat uh, <laughs> next, next week about that. But... 
so I did because you're we're talking Kickstarter. This is your first Kickstarter for a game, but it, you mentioned fifth overall. Yeah, I mean technically, I guess it was my second game Kickstarter because the first one failed. True, 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 um, true, true. So we did the three book ones. The first one failed, and then we did Tales, Tales of Tales and Tales Legends because mm. the first one that I did was just for. Um, Enemy Within mm-hmm. by itself. And I think I asked for way too much money. Like, I asked for, like, 3000 for one book. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Tales of Telus, we asked for 2000 And then the same thing with Telus Legends, it was $2,000. Um, so I think 2000 is, like, a magic number. Well, I think, and, and I, it's, you know, as far as entertainers are concerned, we're not wildly known or anything. So it's, it's I think when you, and I know there's plenty of Kickstarters that they're not wildly known and they do catch fire. But I think it helps if you have that lower number. Because, like, and it's such a silly mindset to have. Like, as someone who doesn't run a, a, a Kickstarter, but, like, looks at Kickstarters, I'm like, eh, that's a high... Like, they're never going to hit that goal, so I'm not going to pledge. Yeah. But, like, there's no risk in pledging, so, like, I'm the reason why they're not going to hit their goal, because I didn't pledge. Yeah. And I think that's, like, something when you have, like, a $15,000 mark, like you did with the first... Yeah, I mean, we were so one. far away that people were like, well, why am I even bothering? It's not going to hit. Um, and I mean, it, it was pretty obvious because you're supposed to hit like 33% within like the first 48 hours or whatever. Yeah. I would imagine that like, it's probably like, well, within like the first week you want to hit 33% within the last week, you want to only have no more than 33% left with the middle two weeks or whatever it is, that middle time making up the rest of the, you know, that, that. Yeah. And this time around we knew the first day that we were going to hit. You know, yeah, well, you didn't completely hours. fund like just like just over a day, right? Yeah, and we had a couple of people who were who were you know stragglers, so to speak, who had said that they were going to pledge within that first twenty four hours. I really don't think it would have made a difference. No, nah, um, you know, like hitting that first twenty four hours probably wouldn't have made a difference between the second twenty four hours. So, so uh, what was the exact key difference for a book and a game? I feel like the the book one has to be easier to run. The book one is is probably easier number one because it's just me at that point. Like Matt is not. In Involved. And there's um, no mechanics. Like, you're not, yeah. <laughs> like, it's you yeah. write it and then you either like it or you rewrite it. Yeah. And at this point, I guess for the Telus books, um, whenever I have my next set of Telus books, I already have so much built on mm. that, like, all I have to go is, hey, if you want to see what my writing looks like, read all this. Whereas with a game, almost every time you have to have some kind of playthrough video, whether or not it's an old one that you're looking at yeah. or. I mean, and in some circumstances, like if we do the blue box, we can certainly show an earlier play test because it's the same game, just yeah. with new cards. Yeah. But like, so we're starting to consider the next game after Quantum Quest, yeah. like, and it's a brand new game. Yeah. So you have to show completely from scratch, you know, I mean, you could probably get a few of the people who were like, I liked what they did before and they'll yeah, be on yeah, board, yeah. but a lot of people are going to go, well, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I need to see what it's all about. And we knew more about um, where we needed to go to market this game. We just did a shit job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the books, it's like it's really hard to figure out like where to go to kind of market yourself. Um, I mean, I know how to do it it's, from a... book. I mean, it, it's just because everything's... In 2018, it's... There's so much saturation at this point. And there's just like, e- like everything's ebook versus print. Same thing with everything's digital versus obviously there's digital games, but when it comes to games, there's still like you can't, 
you can't effectively replace this card game with a digital version. Like I've played the digital version of Boss Monster and I it's good. I like it. I enjoy playing it and it's it's nice because I can sit down and play it by myself. Like that's the nice like aspect to it. But there there's nothing like being able to play a game like this. Mm-hmm physically with with, with your friends people. yeah i mean and, and maybe that's just my old school mentalities because i have this i feel the same way about video games like i don't like playing online yeah. with people i'd rather sit in the same room and have my screen cut into fours and and whatnot but yeah. and if we do end up making like a quantum quest video game it's most likely going to be like a spin-off of its own where we're not trying to mimic the gameplay right now like if we were going to talk trying to emulate the gameplay we're probably talking something like 10 years out, even if we want to have like a million dollars tomorrow, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we want to make sure that we put as much, you know, attention and love into it as we did the game. Cause this game has been three years in development. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be kind of silly to go, all right, we're going to get this game churned out in a year yeah, yeah, yeah. and hope that it's as good as it can be. Like, no, I want to, you know, the monopoly video games took how long before they started yeah, coming out. So, exactly. uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's put this one to bed. Where can people find you? So you can find me on uh, my website, telus.com, my board game uh, website, blackfurnace.com. Oh, my God. I don't know if it's Black Furnace or Black Furnace Games. I know it's the opposite. QuantumQuestGame.com? It's QuantumQuestGame.com. And uh, so it would just be BlackFurnace.com for the the manufacturer website. Um, I'm on Twitter at Telus, T-E-L-L-E-S-T, and then just all. There's so many accounts to keep track of it. <laughs> I know, right? Welcome to my world, Mitch. <laughs> so, I mean, but tell us just the one where you'll get most All of the information, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, I guess it's really, we probably should update, by we, I mean me, should update quantumquestgame.com to say, we won! Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, so check out tellus.com. Check out at tellus for stuff on uh, Mike's Twitter. Quantumquestgame.com for information about the game. Though right now it's just probably saying, hey, we succeeded at a Kickstarter. Um, and blackfurnace.com. I don't know. That website just kind of. Yeah, I mean, it just is there. right now. One, is. I think the problem is because it's just one game that yeah, it's representing yeah, yeah, yeah. as we start to develop yeah, exactly. our games. Uh, anyway, you can find this show on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can find me on Twitter where I do most of my tweeting at That Nerdy Kev. We are on awesomepodcast.com and are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network at coretemparts.com. Uh, We've been awesome. Yes, we have. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.